Hey, it's me, your Uncle Cooper. Sorry to interrupt your music. I do love music, especially when it's set at a reasonable volume. You know, music is really only as good as your speakers. The same is true for minivans. A minivan is only as good as the tires it sits on. And the button on the screen there, it agrees with me. If you click on it, it'll bring you to all the Cooper minivan tires that'll make your minivan a really good minivan. Go with the Coopers! Cooper! How about we heat things up tonight? Mm, how so? Get a little fresh, add some steam, sizzle and spice. <laughs> Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp. Or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye. Or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age comic book podcast, Flea Market Fantasy. I'm your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by... Michael Dell of the LCS Hockey Radio Show. That's right. And this week is your pick, and you always pick quality comics. So tell yes. everybody what we're going to review. We're going to go with US 1, issue 7, Woo! from 1983. <laughs> <laughs> now, Michael, I've always heard about US 1, uh, but I never like had any concept of it. Uh, but basically, it's about a fella who drives an 18-wheeler, and there you go. That's the book. Okay, uh, yeah, I, there's a lot I didn't realize about this comic, but we'll talk about it as we go along. Did you have any concept of the book? No, I, I mean, I knew there was trucks involved, and I think that's it. Yeah, it's, it kind of has a reputation for being like so batshit, like crazy, terrible, that like that's <laughs> right. always the joke. Like when I, oh, US-1, all right, oh, yeah. But I never read it. I had no right. idea who was behind it or who the characters were. So today we get to learn all that. Awesome. Yes, I can tell you're very excited. Woo. So uh, the US-1, it was actually a toy line from Tyco Toys. Hmm. See, I didn't know that until today. Yeah, it's uh, the toy line ran from 1981 to 1986. And it was a line of HO scale slot car sets based on trucks. Now, I don't know what HO, I guess it's a size of a, like a toy train or whatever, right? Okay. Cars. And then the slot, it's like, when you're a kid, Michael, you had the little plastic uh, tracks, and then their car would sit in a slot, and then sure. it would ride around the thing. That's, that's what we're talking about here with the, okay. uh, the US-1. And uh, the comic book series, so they licensed the idea to Marvel there, and Marvel produced the comic book. It lasted 12 issues hmm. from May 1983 to October 1984. I never owned any of them. Neither did I. I did look up uh, the price, and you can still get issue one for three dollars. So that really? seems like a, a nice investment. For yeah, kids I would out say. there. Yeah, pick up US one issue one. Now the characters were created by Al Milgram and Herb Trimpey. And I like Mil- Herb Trimpey. Yeah, you do like Herb Trimpey, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently you don't like Al Milgram from what we've discussed. Uh, in the past, not really. But, not really. Not my right. favorite. But uh, Milgram wrote the entire series, and uh, the artists were uh, Herb Trimpey, Frank Springer, who drew today's issue, and Steve Ditko. Yeah, surprising, eh? It's crazy that Ditko worked on US-1. Right. Talk about slumming it. 
ever would have guessed. So the main character here is a fellow named Ulysses Solomon Archer. And uh, his nickname is U.S. Ulysses ah, Solomon, U.S. I see. A little play on words there. Okay. His truck's name is U.S. One. Very confusing. Yes, it was very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Ulysses, after his uh, parents, who were truckers, who were killed in an accident, U.S. and his brother Jefferson were taken in by Papa Wheelie. In... <laughs> that's right. That's a guy's name. And Wide Load Annie at the Shortstop Diner. Yikes. <laughs> so the one guy's name is Ed Papa Wheelie Wheeler. So you know his nickname. <laughs> Papa Wheelie. <laughs> nice. I think uh, we don't encounter this fella in this book, but I-, I believe in like issue three or four or something, one of the villains was named Baron Von Blimp. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> and we got Wide Load Annie. And then there's another fellow in this book called Retread. So yeah, this this is pretty awesome stuff. But anyway, so uh, Ulysses and his brother Jefferson were taken in by Papa Wheelie and Wide Load Annie at the Shortstop Diner. And then after college, uh, Ulysses, I'm just going to call him U.S., was uh, driven mm. off the road by the evil highwayman. Mm, okay. Yeah. Very creative name. Yeah. So U.S., uh, he, he survived, but the top of his skull was replaced by an experimental alloy, which gave him the ability to pick up certain radio frequencies. Whoa. <laughs> Crazy. So, he's got a metal skull, and he can pick up radio frequencies. So, Mike, you're probably asking yourself, how does he change the channel on the radio? Well, here's how he does it. He <laughs> uh, he touches the metal fillings in his teeth with his tongue. Ridiculous. And that's how he can, he can change the frequencies. <laughs> Wow. This, this book is amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> so, uh, so U.S., after he recovers with his, like, uh, metal skull there, he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get me revenge on that highwayman guy, you know? I'm going after yeah. him. And he custom, oh, he uses the skills he learned in college. I, went, uh, I guess he went to college to be an engineer or something. So he souped up his truck with weapons and gadgets. Okay. <laughs> Then he he went out to get revenge on the highwayman. Yeah. All right. Sounds like a good premise to me. <laughs> yeah, it sounds amazing to me. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where we are. Uh, any other uh, questions you have about the highwayman or no, the highwayman? The uh, U.S. Uh, his backstory there. U.S. Ulysses Solomon. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess the question is: is how much of this did Al Milgram come up with? Do you know? All of it. Yeah, he created. Whoa. All of it. Really? Well, good for yeah, him. Yeah, he, he came up with all of For the best of my knowledge, he came up with all of this. Okay. You know? Yeah. Or were you thinking, like, maybe Jim Shooter stepped in? Cause remember uh, yeah, Shooter or, like, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, just like how yeah. Transformers, a lot of it was thought by Jim Shooter and Denny O'Neill, but I guess not in this case, right? I don't know. I, I did verify that. But okay. all I've ever read was Al Milgram created the cat, the characters and everything, so I don't wow. know. Um, do you want to talk about Al Milgram at the top here? Or should uh, we wait? Yeah, we could talk about him, whatever, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, he was born in 1950 in Detroit, Michigan, Mike. Oh, that's huh? why I've seen him at Michigan uh, Comic Cons. Your neck of the woods. Yep. There. And uh, he graduated from the University of Michigan in 1972. He uh, started in the comics that same year as an assistant to anchor Murphy Anderson. Do you know Murphy Anderson? Oh, yes. He is famous Superman 
Uh, Kurt Swaninker, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, no idea who he was. At yep. uh, at one point, uh, we've talked about this before on the show, but at one point, uh, Al Milgram lived in the same Queens apartment building as Walt Simonson, Howard Chaikin, and Bernie Wrightson. Really? And yeah, uh, we mentioned this before, I think, when we were talking about uh, Walt, maybe, or Chaikin. Okay. But they, uh, they, they all hung out together, and they're in their early 20s, and uh, they just uh, you know, talk comics and lived in the same building. Oh, uh, sounds like a cool. dream life, eh? Yeah. And then uh, he first came to prominence as a penciler on Captain Marvel from 1975 to 1977. And he also drew the Guardians of the Galaxy feature in Marvel Presents. You remember the old uh, I've read all those comics you just mentioned. Captain Marvel and uh, (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. They're all terrible. Anyway. (laughs) From 1977 to 1978, Milgram worked as an editor at DC. Uh, and during that time, he co-created Firestorm with Jerry Conway. Which we've read. We've read, not the one he did, but the second series. Yeah. In 1979, he returned to Marvel as an editor, and he edited Marvel Fanfare's entire 10-year run from 1982 to 1992. Classic That's probably stuff. what he's most famous for, as in, you know. I probably, think so. Oh, he, the guy who uh, ran Marvel Fanfare for 10 years. Yeah, I think so. But uh, yeah, he was an artist, and, uh, an editor, and an anchor. He was a prolific anchor. He did a lot, a lot more inking. But as an artist, he also uh, he drew the Avengers between 1983 and 1985. Yeah. Then he drew the West Coast Avengers from 1985 to 1988. He drew the Kitty Pride and Wolverine miniseries in 84-85. And this is where you love him, Michael. He drew Secret Wars 2 in 1985-86. Yikes. Bad, bad stuff. I also read Kitty Pride and Wolverine. It's pretty terrible. <laughs> yes. Uh, he wrote and drew the spectacular Spider-Man from issues 90 to 100, 1984-85. You've probably read those, right? On the Spider-Cast. Yeah. Yep. All terrible. Yep. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're pretty brutal. Yep. And uh, he also wrote and drew The Incredible Hulk in 1986 and 87. Also read those. Also terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, as I said, he probably uh, he did more inking than anything, and uh, he had an eight-year stint on X Factor from 1989 to 1997. That's really? A, okay. That's okay. Quite the run. Uh, he was also a longtime inker with uh, Jim Starlin. He always did a bunch of Jim mm. Starlin stuff from the Captain Marvel okay. days and, the, and throughout his career. All told, at Marvel, he had 686 inking credits, 213 penciling credits, and mm. 83 writing credits. He also edited 378 books and worked on 759 covers. Now, I don't know how many of those he drew and how many he inked, but I'm guessing he inked it. I don't know. But anyway, um, so yeah, he's quite the uh, comic book creator there at Marvel. Yes, absolutely. Now, we can't mention his name without talking about why he was fired, right? (laughs) I was just going to bring this up. I know we've mentioned this before on the show at some point, maybe in passing, but uh, Mm -hmm. maybe when we did the Marvel fanfare stuff. But uh, in 2001, Al Milgram was fired from his Marvel staff job when it was discovered he had hidden his scandalous comments about former editor-in-chief Bob Harris in the background of a page in the Universe X special, Spidey Number 1. Yes. Did you ha- What the fuck is a Universe X special? Spidey I think it was an Alex Ross brainchild. You know Alex Ross? Yes, the guy who paints all the yeah. know, art and everything. Yeah. So this was... Marvel wanted him to do their own version of kingdom come but he didn't want to so instead i think he just came up with all the ideas and then they just got someone else to paint it okay yeah. um so in this uh 
this book here. I think this book was drawn by Jackson uh, Geis. Okay. Is that how you say his last name? I think Geis or Guise. I'm not sure. Yeah, Geis. I, don't I don't know. We'll go with Geis. Uh, so the book was drawn by uh, Jackson Geis, but three different people inked it, and I can't remember the other two. But uh, so uh, Al Milgram, when he was inking one page, there is a bookshelf in the background of a panel, and along the spines of the books, uh, Milgram inked in Har- uh, Harris. Ha ha, he's gone. Good riddance to bad rubbish. He was a nasty sob. Yeah, <laughs> and he just did his little joke. Now the editor found it. All right. Okay. And and the editor editor erased it, and he said, "All right, we're not putting put that in the book." But then when Marvel went to print, they uh, used the wrong file. And <laughs> Whoops. It, it still had the, the insult in there. So the book got published with that insult. And uh, I guess they had a program. I don't know if they still do this, Michael, but they had a program called First Look where they would give the book out to some people. Okay. Uh, some uh, stores uh, in advance or something. I don't know. But enough readers noticed, which I don't know. It's hard to even read. Yet they somehow noticed. And they, uh, so when Marvel found out, they were really pissed. And uh, they had to destroy all those books. Mm. They pulped them, as we like to say. And uh, they had to reprint it without the insult in there. And so naturally, they were pretty pissed about it. So they fired Milgram. But they still let him work as a freelancer. But he lost his uh, staff gig, you know? Okay. So, uh, but he also had to pay for the cost of the pulped books. Whoa. Yeah. But here's... Here's okay, the best ahead. part, Mike Al. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but this is the best part. So years later, when that Spidey issue was eventually collected in a trade paperback. Oh, no, I know what's going to happen. Marvel once again accidentally published the page <laughs> with the Harrison's. <laughs> Come on. Are you kidding me? I guess they only had the one file, the original on file. That was the only version that was archived. And I guess the people putting the paperback together had no idea about any of this controversy, so they didn't even look at it or anything. And then oh he got published God. again. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have to scrap that one too? I don't think. I don't know. I didn't. I the article I read, they didn't say uh, whether they did scrap the. Uh, probably not, because who cares? It's like right. you know, what does it matter? <laughs> it's like right, right. I don't know why anyone was so upset about it, but all right. So yeah, how about well, that? Well, I'm gonna guess that if someone went to the trouble of writing that in a comic, the guy Bob Harris probably was a son of a bitch, right? So. Yeah, I mean, who cares? Who cares? You really mm. like they were worried. I guess Harris is going to sue them or something. But mm. what? Who cares? Who um, shit, right? <laughs> so there you go. Did you know anything else about that story? You like that? Not. No, I don't really know anything about it. I just know that. Yeah, I guess he. They still hired him back. I knew that, but I, I, I did read somewhere that Al Milgram was the distant cousin or nephew of Stan Lee or Martin Goodman or something. Is that true? I don't know. I okay. Mean, Nothing about I, that. I never okay. encountered that, but I didn't do you know extensive research or anything. Okay. One other thing I noted uh, in the Ant Man movie, I guess the characters stay at Milgram Hotel, oh, and really? apparently that was a nod to Al Milgram. That's cool. Yeah. Huh? See, there right. you go. There's Al Milgram, the writer of this issue, and the artist Frank Springer. Uh, he drew issues three through eight, ten and eleven of US One, and uh, we've talked about him before in the show. We went into detail because uh, he drew that he. Wrote Andrew that Dazzler issue we did. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. So if you want to hear about Frank Springer, go back there because I'm not talking about him. Again. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Frank Springer. Yeah, I, I like his art too. I just didn't want to do all the research. Yeah. All right, yeah so there gotcha. we go. Uh, so there are the creative team here for this issue. All right, you ready, Michael? Ready to dive in? Yeah, let's go. Sure. Okay. Woo! 
first we're going to talk about this uh, logo, I guess, right? Yeah. US-1. Uh, I guess it's like a shield? Like a... What would you call this? Yeah, shield, right? Yeah, but it's kind of like the logo we see in uh, the United States, Mike, on our highway system. It's just that logo, so... Okay, okay. I mean, I'm yeah. sure I've seen it before. I just didn't realize what it was, yeah. but... Yeah, it just says US-1. The top is in red. The bottom is in... Well, the background of the top is in red. The background of the bottom is in blue. And then US and 1 are white. And then the border is in white, right? Yep. And then we got our corner box here with... <laughs> what's his name? It's just US, right? Uh, Ulysses Solomon Archer, or US, for sure. US. We'll just call him US. So he's given the thumbs up and a wink, right? Yeah, thumbs up and a wink. He's like, hey, I got a metal skull. <laughs> but but we should say you can't see his skull. He's got blonde hair and everything. So right. is that a wig or what's going on there? I don't, I know. don't know. I don't know. Good question. And he wears a red headband as well. Right. Blonde hair and a red headband. He's winking at you. Yeah. And then we got so this cover we have to mention this is by Michael Golden, who's one of my favorite yep. artists. And all the covers except two are are by Michael Golden and they're all I think painted. So this was kind of unusual at the time, but yeah, he's got a very unique style. To the modern, you know, reader, he might appear sort of prototypical image comics, right? Because that's what this image, all all the image artists imitated the style. But we've got this woman. This is Whiplash, right? Yep. No, no, no. Uh, midnight. Midnight. Oh, Midnight. Midnight. Standing with her legs apart and she's holding her, well, this is a Whiplash, right? A whip, yeah. A whip. Just call oh, it yeah, a whip. Yeah. yeah, it's a whip. And it kind of almost looks like <laughs> Spider-Man spaghetti webbing. It does. That's what I was yep. going to point out to you. Like, this is 83. But I guess uh, the, the the artists inside the book were drawing it like that. Okay. So he made it, you know, because it's just like a normal whip, but it has little, like, it uh, looks like bolts every once in a while on it. So it does kind of look like the spaghetti webbing. Right. And you know that Michael Golden did create the spaghetti webbing, right? Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that before. He was doing yeah. it in Marvel Fanfare, I think, right? Wasn't that when he... Uh, I think it was... A, yeah, he did, but his original... The first time he did it was, I think, in a Defenders pinup or something like that. All right, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah, she's standing in front of US-1, which is the truck. Yes. Actually, she's standing on it. I guess she's standing on the bumper. Yeah, kind of, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's kind of awkward because it's Yeah, hard it doesn't to... look like she's standing there. Like, no, three-dimensionally, like, yeah. she would not be able to be standing. Right. The depth is kind of weird with this truck, too. It's kind of hard to tell, like, the perspective of everything. But, yeah, she's kind of standing on it. And that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Michael Golden, but this this cover's a little awkward. Uh, yeah, I think it's more symbolic than actually her standing there specifically. Right. I, I would have taken another swing at that left leg of hers, but uh, yeah, I but it's still that. a great cover. I think it's a striking cover. Yeah, because you know, uh, she she looks hot with the all the hair and the whip and everything, and yeah, so and the truck. So yeah, it's a nice cover. It'll yeah. grab your attention. Definitely stands out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to dive in. Oh, are we going to talk about Burger Time? <laughs> there's a lot. Right. There's some pretty great ads in this book. Yeah. <laughs> but Burger Time was a, was a video game. It was coming yeah. soon. Now, did you have Burger Time, Michael? No, no, definitely not. I, I, I did not either, but I remember yeah. it from when I was a kid. Um, basically, like you're a chef mm-hmm. um, running through, like up these ladders and different platforms, and you're being chased by uh, uh, fried eggs okay. and hot dogs and hamburgers and stuff and pickles and yeah. I think oh, you had to try and make a hamburger, maybe. That looks so delicious. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we start off with a very weird scene of... So this is US-1, <laughs> which is the truck. It's yes, driving, it's the truck. It's a truck. It's driving down the highway, 
And it's a bunch of, you know, small panels, like close-ups of, like, the grill, then the tire, then the, what are those called? Smokestacks. And it's being narrated by US-1, the truck, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so the truck is kind of narrating, like, my headlights stab through the ink black night, lightning, lighting a path for my wheels to follow, and all that kind of thing. And it's kind of explaining what's going on, and then the, the truck kind of gets to, it introduces wide-load Annie, sits <laughs> eye-staring, mesmerized. <laughs> and she's like an old lady. She's like in her, it looks like being her 60s gray hair, and she's a large woman, so wide-load Annie. Right. And then it says, beside her at the wheel is Ulysses Solomon Archer. He is my driver, my creator, my master. Call him U.S. for short. And me, big splash page, I am the truck. I am U.S. 1. Okay, here is where the confusion begins. We have a wavy speech bubble coming from the truck. But, (laughs) and then for the entire issue, the truck is talking, but they can't Mm. hear the truck's speech. Correct. Even though they're in dialogue bubbles. Right. Like, it, it, yeah, it's very weird. Because I'm like, wait, is this like a Michael Knight uh, kit situation where the car is right. talking to the truck? But yeah, even though we can see the truck talking in dialogue, why won't they just keep doing it in narration the way they were doing it? You know, Right, or thought bubbles. Right? Yeah, it's just weird. And from what I can gather, Michael, this is the only time this is depicted this way. Like, this oh, is really? the only issue where he's talking. Because the title of this book is uh, Semi-Intelligence. So... I don't know, because I looked at a couple other issues, and the truck wasn't talking. Are you serious? Yeah, I think this is just the one-off, I think. Okay. I haven't read any other issues, but I just, like, flipped through them. Sure. And uh, there was no, never any dialogue box. So I think this was just a one-off, quirky idea Al Milgram did for this issue. Right. Uh, it's very so awkward. weird, yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Okay. Well, anyway, so then, um, yeah, so we see the truck, semi-intelligence, and then, um, and the truck is basically flashing back to the last issue, right? And explaining yeah. that in the last issue, Wide Load got hit, struck with a strange whip. Yeah, she was, technically she wasn't hit by the whip, but uh, the whip, because uh, it says it doesn't even, act, and it didn't even actually touch her. But mm-hmm. uh, this midnight lady, uh, we, we didn't describe her costume either, by the way, but she's a smoking hot brunette with this... Uh, she kind of looked like the the mask is kind of like Polaris, that mask that Polaris yeah, wore. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Yeah. If I'm oh not Polaris, was it Polaris? I'm thinking of uh, remember Malice. Oh yes, the, Malice. When Polaris became Malice. Yes, that's what I. Yeah. Meant. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. And she has like a red purplish uh, coat, right? Like white trim and like uh, purple pants and boots and everything. Good looking lady. This midnight. Yeah. I gotta tell you. Yeah. Actually, you lady. know what? Now that I think about it, Michael Golden created Rogue's costume, and if you were to change this jacket to green, this would be similar to Rogue. Huh. Yeah, the the original Rogue costume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Okay. So, uh, anyway, so her whip, she, like, cracks it next to people, uh, and it can hypnotize them. Right. So that's what she did to Wide Load Annie. She hypnotized her. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, um, so Wide Load Annie is acting, yeah, like her speech is all, um, what is this called? Uh, ellipses? Is that what it's called? Yeah, the three little dots. Yeah. yeah. So her speech, I guess, is supposed to be kind of like stilted and flat. That's what the, the idea they're trying to get across. So U.S. is trying to talk to her, but she's kind of just, you know, flat and monotone, right? Yep. And then, so they're talking, or he's talking, and then 
we, we, and then at the end of the scene, we cut back to the truck. And so the truck is also talking. Well, what does he think I am? A Greyhound bus? Oh, well, it won't be long before we're back at shortstop and we can all get some rest. So weird. Yeah, it's so, yes, because like uh, the panel before that, we see U.S. and wide load Annie inside the truck and he's talking to her and there's right. a normal dialogue balloon. Then we see the next panel is the exterior shot from behind the truck as it's driving down a highway and we get a wobbly dialogue balloon coming out of the truck. So, you know, we know it's US-1, but if you're not paying attention, you would just start reading it as US because right. he was talking in the previous panel. So, right. yeah, it's, I don't know, it's strange. Bizarre, bizarre, yep. Um, okay, so then we, then we get to the shortstop, which is a diner, right, like a roadside diner. And we're introduced to the rest of the supporting cast here, right? So we're introduced to Mary McGrill, the sweetest little waitress who ever had her bottom pinched by a trucker. That's right. And that's Mike L. saying that. That's not in the book. Oh, no, 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 wait. That's actually written in the comic book. That's in the book, book. yes. (laughs) Uh, Also, Taryn O'Connell, she's what they call her toughest... Oh, wait. Taryn down the highway... Oh, sorry. Taryn down the highway is what they call her... Toughest lady trucker I ever saw, and I use the term lady loosely. Yeah, yeah, her name's Taryn, T-A-R-Y-N, right. and her nickname is Taryn down the highway. Right. But yeah, they're, they're two, uh, the the uh, Mary McGrill's a hot blonde waitress, and then mm-hmm. uh, Taryn down the highway, they're like a redhead, a smoking hot redhead. Right, and right. They, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then we're also introduced to Papa Wheelie, who's a That's top right. drag racer. <laughs> now he's co-owner of Shortstop and the best mechanic in the business. And he's kind of a bigger guy with, like, overalls and a stogie, right? Yeah. And then we see this other guy with, like, a vest, and his name is Retreed. Jack of all trades. Retread. Retread. Oh, Retread. Okay. Uh, Jack of all trades batted every one of them. What's going on there? uh, I guess that picture of Retread in Papawili is just, like... Like, look at the leg position on Retread's knee and the yeah, legs of Papa Yeah, you're is... right. His knee is behind <laughs> Papa Wheelie, but that makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, makes no sense. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's still the truck talking, like, introducing us to these people. And then in the next panel, we get more. Uh, it's like an exterior shot of everyone right. outside the truck. And we get another dialogue balloon from the truck. And he's talking about, hey, there's Jobber Carousella, who got U.S. the Hall at a peaceful vista. Yeah, I guess he was hired to take something to Peaceful Vista. Right. So he's, he's giving U.S. some money. And then uh, a U.S. gives the money to Papa Wheelie because he's like, hey, you got some mortgage payments on this diner. This will help you out. What right. A guy. What a guy. See, now I got to point out the anchor here is Mike Esposito. And I was going to say that that flubbed uh, anatomy we saw on the last page might be his fault. Like the knee being in the wrong position. Because, you know, the anchor can change the image as he goes. But I got to say, that shot of Jobber standing there shaking hands with U.S., that's a pretty good shot. Like, it looks, like, very realistic from my point of view. <laughs> I actually like the art in this. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. yeah but anyway. So. so, yeah. So, like you said, so he gives uh, – wait, who pays who here? Uh, the Jobber guy hired U.S. to take a haul to Peaceful Vista. I don't know what he was hauling. But uh, so then, uh, U.S. gives the money to Papa Wheelie to help him with the mortgage payments on the diner. Right, right, okay. There you go. So then now, yes, everyone's all happy because you know he's finished his mission. He's got the money, right? Yep. And now they're gonna go in and uh, 
hang out, I guess. Uh, did you read this, Michael? No. <laughs> there's, no, there's I, read trouble. I read it. I don't remember what they're going to do. <laughs> there's trouble brewing, Michael, because Widelow and Annie, when they were back, uh, I think, at Peaceful Vista, she threw somebody through a plate glass window. Oh, yes. <laughs> Mm. So, right. so just as they're about to, uh, you know, enjoy their evening, uh, that fella who she threw through the window shows up with some police officers, and oh, right. his name's Mister Lagreed, right. Mister Lagreed, because he's greedy, <laughs> and so he wants them to arrest Widelow and Annie, you know, right? Yeah. And they expect her to like clock him, right? Like knock him out. Yeah, because Widelow and Annie's known for her temper, right? But instead, since she's been hypnotized, right? She's just like, yeah. oh, because he's like, he like gets in her face and starts mouthing off, and then she's just like, I'm sorry, Mister Lagreed, it was wrong to hit you. It won't happen again. And then yeah. he's like, oh, very well, that will suffice. So he kind of backs down, right, and leaves everyone. Yeah, because he was yelling at her. He was giving it to her pretty good. You hear me? Apologize, you horrid, unkempt, fat excuse for a woman. Yikes! <laughs> yeah, harsh words, eh? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, like you said, she actually apologizes. And he's like, all right, I'll let it go this time. Because, you know, you just threw me through a window. But it's all right. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it. Yeah, I'll let it go. Water under the bridge. There you go. <laughs> but he said, if you miss one more mortgage payment, I'm taking this diner away from you. So he's leaving it with, he leaves with the cops. And then, uh, then the U.S. says, Whew, wonder what he's got against us. Uh-huh. She threw him through a window. That's what he <laughs> <laughs> What's the big mystery? Yeah, strange. <laughs> but anyway. This is like Dukes of Hazard reality here, but anyway. Yeah, that's how they actually pitched it in the, uh, in the uh, you know, what do they call that, Michael? The, uh, oh, like the pitch? Or like, well, the, like he, how each issue goes to the comic. The, what's oh, fuck, what the, the word plot? I'm looking for? No. <laughs> no, but like when they give it to the comic shop, they're like, uh, hey, this is what this book's about. You know? Oh, like the synopsis? No. no. <laughs> There's another word. The I'm adver- for. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> but anyway, whatever. We'll cut yeah, this whatever. off post. But uh, they described it as basically a, a Dukes of Hazard kind of a story. Wow. So that's probably where they were getting all their characterization from, right? Yeah, because this was 1983. Right. And uh, this is, Dukes of Hazard was king back then. Yes. So, yeah, this is their take on a Dukes of Hazard kind of comic book. US right. So. I remember I used to race home. I think it was Friday night to see Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, I, I used to enjoy the Dukes of Hazard quite a bit. Yeah. I think everyone did. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, so then, uh, oh, so then they go into the shortstop, and then we are left with the truck US One just talking about <laughs> like, oh, it sure is lonely being a truck sometimes, right? We get some of that. You know, it's, it's so terrible, right? Oh, like, I never God. get to take part of the good times the conversation the food the coffee then all of a sudden we see someone else getting thrown through a window crash the fights hmm maybe it's not so bad being a truck after all and then we see i guess that's us one who's like oh no here we go again right yeah so humor. uh papa wheelie and retread are running out of the diner i guess uh, i don't know who's fighting just their normal customers or wide load annie's throwing people through windows right <laughs> but then we see another guy get thrown through a window yeah, it's like, so that's holy two fuck. in one issue that's funny but then uh, Papa Wheelie, he's uh, he's admiring the US one, the truck, and he's like, hey, "This beauty here is my masterpiece." Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess he uh, takes care of US one. Yeah. But Mike, uh, yeah, US one spots someone coming up behind him, and he's like, "What the heck?" If Papa right. likes to think of me as a female, oh yeah, because Papa says she 
He's like, if, right. if Papa likes to think of me as a female, I guess I can live with that. I'm secure in my identity. The there fuck? you go. <laughs> and then, but then uh, you know, one says, hey, what's that in my side view mirror? Something moving in the shadows. Look out. Blast. If only I could warn them. And then bang, they get cracked with the, uh, the midnight the whip. whip. Yep. I, I like how when the whip cracks with the hypnotizing power, like we get like a rainbow effect of little yeah, circles coming cool. off it. I, I think, uh, I want to say Daredevil had a villain that did something like this. Or maybe it was the Flash. Was the Flash? Did he have a villain that did well, stuff like I this? Well, I think the Flash had Rainbow Raider. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the circles are reminding me of Daredevil's uh, sonar. Bullseye. Or, yeah, Bullseye, right? Yeah. Remember in the old days they had a sonar sense they would put yeah. the circles in and stuff. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so well, yeah, anyway, yeah, midnight cracking them with the whip there, Michael. So now we cut to the next page. Boom! We see midnight and all her glory standing. Yep, there. just standing there. Yep, it's and like uh, Papa Wheelie's knocked down. His hat is off, right? Yep. And uh, and then she's like, um, "There, dear dear boys, don't strain your mental capacities trying to break free of my spell. Better men than you have tried and failed." So, yeah. Uh, like, one other creator note here, Mike. Uh, there's a little uh, asterisk there saying, uh, our whip-wielding wild woman first appeared in issue uh, two, read it myself, Ralph. That's Ralph Macchio. Of course. And uh, I guess this is his first book that he ever edited. US. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he just started. Uh, oh, or maybe not you. like this. His, not This title is one of the group of first books that he was an editor sure. on, is how I should say it. Yeah. Cool, cool. So then she's like, go bring me U.S. Archer. And bring the woman called Wide Load Annie as well. And they're like, yes, ma'am, because they're hypnotized now, right? Yep. So then so then they go in and they come out with US-1, right? Yep. And, uh, and the truck is still talking, but they can't hear the truck. And US-1 <laughs> is like, I swear, you people are sounding like Huey, Dewey, and Louie, right? Who we all know is uh, Donald Duck's nephews. And then, uh, what's her name? Midnight is like, and you're about to discover why. And she's kind of in the shadows right now. So then US-1's like, hey, who's that in the shadows? And then next panel, Midnight? Wait, why are you guys grabbing me? Let me go. She's dangerous. More dangerous than you think, truck driver. <laughs> so then the, the other guys grab him and, and um, restrain him, right? Yeah. So like, she's getting in, there in, his, in uh, US-1's face. And she's like, I decided that if I couldn't control you, the best way to overcome you would be to control your friends. I knew you couldn't struggle hard enough to hurt them. And I was right. So this is where we get the flashback to the previous issue, right? Yeah. Where we find out that um, uh, before she ordered me to drive right into a mountainside, this is uh, US-1 thinking, she let me have a stick of gum. Sort of as a last request deal. I put the foil wrapper in my mouth, and when it touched the fillings in my teeth, it caused interference on my metal CB skull, which blocked her whip's mind-controlling emanations. That is fucking awesome. And that actually uh, was issue two where that happened. Yes. When uh, she came yeah. in. But, uh, Mike, at the top of that page, I love that panel of uh, Midnight. Just her face. The close yeah, that's pretty good. Face. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Yep. This is all good stuff. It's all glorious stuff. <laughs> but but hey, Mike, I guess, oh, we get a. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, but we, we mentioned the uh, com- the advertisements here. We get another one. There there was an earlier advertisement for another Saturday morning cartoon network. Right. I can't remember. But here's one for NBC. Right. And we've got Mr. T, the Smurfs, 
Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Amazing. And then, well, and don't forget the next page, we've got Alvin and the Chipmunks, uh, the Flintstones, some tiger thing. I don't know. Shirt tails. Shirt tails. Okay, shirt tails. And then we've also got Thunder the Barbarian, created by Jack Kirby and Steve Gerber. Yeah, this is pretty awesome. Yep. And that's kind of a precursor to He-Man, I think. Anyway. But anyway. So then, uh, so then... Uh, Midnight jumps on her motorcycle and she it's kind of now this is kind of awkward storytelling because she's just kind of on the motorcycle but already like an inch away from US1 <laughs> but then she's like next to him and then she like whips her whip out right and it um it uh, like you said I guess it doesn't actually hit US US1 does it Well well here she is hitting him with it Okay because okay. she's driving around and she's circling them with her whip. And she says, uh, once I've softened you up, I'll try the whip's mental control again. Perhaps the last time you ever came in, it was just a fluke. But first I said, let's soften you up. So she's actually <laughs> cracking him in the face with that whip. Right. right. <laughs> that would like murder him. I mean, <laughs> right. He'd be bleeding and everything. But yeah. Um, so yeah, she's just riding around cracking him with the whip. Right. And uh, she, she's about to use the mental powers again to try and hypnotize him when uh, US-1, Mike, oh, re- re- the truck yeah, is truck. talking to himself. He's like, Read oh no, the trucks. <laughs> US is in real trouble now, and I'm the only one who can help him. But with, without him, I can't move. I'm just a machine, a pile of glass, rubber, and steel. I can't do anything unless, wait, and then we see a close-up of him reaching into his pocket. Wait, what's US doing? He's fumbling in his pocket for something. Yes. It's his special silver dollar, the one with the hidden microcircuits. He can use that to command the remote control robot unit, uh, a robot drive unit in me. If he can just activate it, I can help him. Come on, US, turn it on. And then, but, oh no, just when he was about to activate me, Midnight hit the coin with her whip. And there seems to be some kind of electric backlash. The jolt is affecting US's CB skull. I can feel it myself. (laughs) Now U.S. has dropped the dollar, and then it drops to the ground. There goes our last hope, and it's just laying there. Yeah. Uh, I guess this say, is a great panel at the bottom of the page too of her yeah, the motorcycle coming in. Yeah, she's like riding away, and then all, and then his lights come on. But I gotta say, it's kind of pointless to have a truck that can talk but can't act <laughs> unless U.S. activates him, right? Well, that's why I think that's why it's just a quirky little gimmick for one issue. Okay, you know what okay. I mean? Like it's that's all it is. It's not a recurring. Okay, thing. okay. But uh, but at the bottom of that panel of her riding away, he like you said, US one turns his lights on because uh, he's like, hey, my lights went on because I guess when she cracked the coin with her whip, and she actually turned it on. Or yeah. So. so then, she, yeah. So then, US the truck is like, roof lights on. Wait, wait, wait. Is is the truck US or US one? The truck is US-1. US okay. is the fella. Gotcha. So US It's very like confusing. Very I don't know why they did that. Because when I first started reading the book, I was like, wait, what's going on? I had to go back and read it a second time to figure out, right. oh, the truck is US-1 and he's US. Yes. Right, so then the truck is like, roof lights on, start the engine, put it in gear, let's roll. So then the truck is driving towards uh, midnight. And, uh, and then midnight's shocked because there's no one in the truck to drive it, right? So then yeah. the Midnight tries to use her whip, but it has no effect. And then the truck is like, well, to tell the truth, it does tickle a bit. <laughs> and uh, and then all of a sudden, now uh, the truck starts spraying her with this green gas, right? And she's tear like, gas. Tear yeah. gas, yeah. And look, she has two little tears coming out of her eyes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. 
And then she uh, tries to whip him again, and then she's like, my whip, the grappling hook snatched away from me. So I guess the, uh, the truck has a grappling hook, and it, like, yeah, snatches it. And then all of a sudden, it shoots, um, what is this that comes, comes out of its horn? I think he's just, just honking. That's just oh, air just coming noise. out. Honk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's chasing after her, and she's driving away, right? And the truck's still following her. And then, uh, and then, and then the truck is like, "I'll take her. I'll take, I'll take out her puny little motorbike with some tire shredding stars." So somehow the the truck shoots like almost ninja stars, right? <laughs> That's right. Or, or is this like a thing that truck? Or not trucks, but like, I think this is the thing I remember seeing in like Greece, right? Where like <laughs> cars would do this. This is obviously like an illegal thing, but it would just shoot things out to like kind of like uh, when you were a kid, Mike. Did you ever play jacks? Yeah, yeah, like, like jacks. Yeah, like yeah. Those little jacks with the spikes you throw them out, and they, yeah, they pop tires and stuff. Right, right. I never played jacks, but I know what they are. Yeah. Well, I, I had a sister, you know, oh, okay. and she always playing the jacks with her her okay. girlfriends. Uh, but Mike L, uh, when he throws those spikes there on the ground, um, US one, he's like, uh, oh no, I forgot. Uh, she had a booster on her bike, so she just starts flying on her bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she's like, I'll be back, and next time, none of you will escape me. Not even that putrid pile of red, white, and blue scrap metal. She just flies away. And but then, then the uh, US-1, uh, go blow out your exhaust pipe, you bimbo. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, what an insult. So, <laughs> but she doesn't get away quite yet, Michael, because US-1 starts shooting her missiles at her and stuff. This is crazy, yeah. And, yeah, he's like, I still got a few heat-seeking missiles left from when US and I fought Baron Von Blimp and at the bottom it's right. way back in issue four. Baron Von Blimp. Uh uh so then yeah, so and so then she lands on her motorbike midnight and she's like, can't stay a, a low aloft forever. And now that I'm back on the ground, that self propelled semi will never be able to reach me. No way, no way. No way, no way, no way, no and then explosion. Boom, yeah. kablam. <laughs> Sorry. This is the best. All right, so we see like a uh a, a, a shot of like a mountain range in the distance. And her saying, no way, no way, no way, no way. You can't even make her out, but barely right. on the horizon. And then we see some missiles going shot up into the sky. And then they just kablam, blow up. And she says, ah. <laughs> like she's right, right, it. yeah. <laughs> well, she, she says, no way. Yeah. And then she gets cut off. But yeah, it's just off in the distance over the mountain ridge. So right. we can't even see what happened. But oh, it's awesome. This yeah. is so fucking awesome. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so basically now, so then, uh, so then U.S. U.S. Yeah. Is, uh, he's like, okay, now while the gang is wrapped up watching the fireworks, gotta make my move. Okay, truck, you did your part. Now let me have that whip so I can do mine. And then, so he connects the whip. What does he do here? He's just monkeying around with all the buttons, pushing all the buttons. All right. Until magically it, uh, it releases them from the hypnotizing. Right. And then, of course, the truck... And then he's like, that explains why you acted so strange on the ride back. Somehow Midnight used her hypno whip on you. She must have been waiting for us back in that town. And the truck's like, that's what I was trying to tell you. But, of course, he can't hear the truck, so it doesn't matter, right? That's right. So then, uh... So then, uh, everything... Yeah, so everything seems to be okay now. And, uh... <laughs> and then, basically, yeah. So it's like, oh, time to go back to, uh... What is it called? The shortstop? Yeah, the shortstop diner. Right. And then they start walking back towards the short stop, and the truck is like, I would do the same thing if I were a person, but I'm not a person, only a truck, a machine. Yep, a very special machine, but still just a machine. So it keeps talking, keeps talking, but then we cut, and we see that someone is watching US-1 on a camera, right? 
on like a mm-hmm. viewfinder or whatever it's called. Well, and... you, well, US One is talking there, Michael. He's like, and because of that, I'm just being a machine. I couldn't help myself. Myself, I had to reveal the information that was asked of me. Yes. Someone or something tapped into my circuits, locked into my computer memory bank. I had to reveal everything. I just narrated. I didn't. I, I didn't want to do it, but you had no choice. And that's the highway man talking. Right. I tapped into your circuits. I made you reveal all you know about your master, U.S. Archer. I sent midnight against you to see how man and truck work together. <laughs> and even though you defeated my agent again, I have learned enough now to destroy you both. The stakes are higher than anyone knows. And soon, now, very soon, the highwayman will triumph. And we just see him from behind. We don't right. ever see his face. And, and next see... issue, yep. crack the whip. Woo! Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you read huh. the letter page, Michael? No, I didn't. Should I have? <laughs> yeah, well, it's called Behind the Wheel, all right? Okay. And uh, the the first letter, it's, uh, <laughs> Dear Marvel, US-1 is a good comic book. He put that in quotes. Then he says, Please, give me uh-huh. a break. Issue 5 has finally proven to me that US-1 is no ordinary comic book. It isn't good at all. It's great. <laughs> I don't know what you people think you're doing. But I think that Al Milgram is really Stan Lee using another name. Yikes. <laughs> um, okay. This guy loves it. Yeah. But the, so written, written, letter uh, written he, by Ralph he, Anyway, go ahead. He goes on for about four, uh, four paragraphs, which is praising the book. And by the way, Michael, that was written by David M. Summerfleck of Virginia yes. Beach, Virginia, 2346. Yeah. Uh, so then the next letter says, Dear Al, you might consider checking into the local sanitarium for a decade or two. Just show them a copy of US-1 number four. They'll probably give you a discount rate. The only thing that was even halfway amusing in this issue was the chicken sitting on the universal price code box on the cover. (laughs) 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 And that was written by Rick S. Jones, 11292 West 17B, Argos, Indiana, 46501. (laughs) I love when they just put people's home addresses. Yeah, they never do that now, eh? But wow. so, but how about that on the letters page? They actually printed a letter. Someone just ripping on them. Very negative. Know? Yeah, surprising. Yeah. And huh. it, another one of the letters is ripping on them for doing all a bunch of bad puns and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> I guess they just printed any letter they got. <laughs> you know what else is crazy? I just found out through this letters page. This was a bi-monthly comic. Do you know oh, that? I Which did not. means it didn't last a year. It lasted two full years. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, crazy. So uh, yeah, so there it is. US one. Um, all right, Michael. There's a lot to talk about here. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. I got. I'm just gonna say it. I fucking love this. This is. It was very enjoyable. I'll give you that. <laughs> like again, on a scale of terrible, like you know what I mean. Like we, we watch yeah. those terrible movies on the LCS Hockey Radio Show, and like this is everything you want. Like it's uh, goofy characters with crazy names. Uh, the plot is just uh, uh, kind of absurd, a talking truck that no one else can hear. Right. Um, Midnight is awesome, by the way. I, I legit love her, like that villain. Like, she <laughs> is hot. She's I love cool. her. She's got the whip. She's cracking a whip. She's riding a motorcycle. Uh, and then she thinks she's getting away. She gets blown up by missiles. This is amazing. Um, yeah, we got, the, we got the evil villain in the shadows pulling all the strings. Uh, we got a guy named Pop-Up Wheelie. Or Papa Wheelie and uh, Wide Load Annie. Uh, I don't, man, this is pretty awesome stuff. Uh, I'm a big fan of US One. He's got a metal skull. 
I can take okay, that's radio crazy. Frequencies. Yes, that is insane. <laughs> and by the way, when uh, Midnight, I don't know if we, you, you talked about how in the previous time he encountered Midnight, he he asked for a piece of gum and yes. he accidentally <laughs> chewed on the metal and that broke her spell on him. So when she had everyone else hypnotized holding him, he was just desperate to get to his truck so he could get more gum. That's what <laughs> See, this would make a great movie, okay? Or a TV uh, this show. This is awesome. Uh, I love this so much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, listen, the idea of the talking truck, I- I'm ho- like I said, I don't think they did it in any other issues. Okay. Because if they did, that would be terrible. I mean, right. it's bad here. Yeah. But for just one issue, it's kind of quirky and so bad, it's awesome. But if you did it the whole series, that'd be really bad. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, uh... I don't know. I enjoyed it. The writing, you know, is fine. But I really like the Frank Springer art because he has a very oh, simple, uh, a simple style. Seems yeah. like from the '60s or something, uh, '50s or '60s. But it's really clean, and I, I just enjoy it quite a bit. If I could draw like that, I'd be very happy. That style. So. Yeah, I agree. I've always liked his style. Like, cause, well, he did Transformers. He did some other things I like. So yeah, I really like his style. It's yeah, there's nothing classic. fancy about it. You're not going to be blown away. Like, oh my god, this is amazing. But uh, it, it's really clean and simple and just nice storytelling. And, uh, again, a big fan of Midnight. Yeah. Of Midnight. <laughs> yep. Like and Midnight thing, Strikes. The, the thing is, is, you know, like, the, one of the reasons I like toy tie-in comics is that every single toy tie-in is a completely different premise. Whereas superhero comics are all roughly the same. They're all, you know, people's secret identities that fight crime, blah, blah, blah. But... Every toy tie-in is completely different. Like, Transformers is different from G.I. Joe, which is different from ROM, right? Like, they have to always cook up a completely new uh, backstory for all of them, and that's one reason I like them. And when you think about it, uh, U.S. uh, The Fella, his backstory here, his whole, uh, the whole reason for this comic book to exist is because he wants revenge on a villain. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. That's not usually the backstory for a hero. Right. He wants revenge. Usually, like, the villain's trying to get revenge on the hero for doing something. But here, the hero's just out to get the highway, man. He wants to get that son of a bitch. Yeah. But, uh... Weird. <laughs> pretty good. Um, yeah, big fan. Big fan of US-1. Now, Mike, uh, uh, spoiler alert. All right, I'm going to reveal some stuff here about US-1. Okay. Now that we've known these characters. Uh, do you have any idea who Midnight is? Her no. secret identity. Do they reveal it? Yeah, la- later in the series, they reveal it. She's actually... Mary McGrill, the sweetest little waitress that's ever had her bottom pinched by a truck driver. What? Really? Yeah, she's that blonde okay. uh, waitress. Turns out, because uh, I guess I I jumped ahead and there was a, they think that that other lady that tearing down the highway is Midnight, but okay. and they actually like accidentally kill her because they thought she was Midnight. Whoopsie-daisy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, she like she accidentally like electrocutes herself with that whip while they were beating her up or something. So, uh, but actually, uh, the other lady was framing her to get them to think she was Midnight. But Midnight is actually the waitress, Mary McGrill. And then later on, Mary McGrill in U.S. get married. Oh, really? That's good. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess ending. I guess in the future, uh, like in the subsequent years, um, U.S. one and U.S. They go out into space. Really? Oh, see, yeah, I, I'm reading ahead here. I see that, yeah, they go, they go out with, is it uh, Rocket Raccoon and Planet X? And Groot or, or something is or involved. Or Groot, they and, go to Planet X, yes. Yeah, they, they transport Rocket Raccoon and Groot. And then I, then I think he was in Deadpool, a Deadpool story. And 
So in the future, they're out in space. Ship, they're they're carrying stuff in space. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but she actually leaves uh, him. Then they separate. They they have a kid together, and then she leaves him for an alien who is furry and has eight vibrating hands. Ooh, wonder what those could be used for. <laughs> huh. So, that was part of the Deadpool storyline because you know Deadpool like uh, right. is funny like that. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, Midnight. That's her true identity. Do you know who the Highwayman is, Mike? No. Who is he? It's his brother, Jefferson. R- really? <laughs> because okay. when U.S. went away to college, uh, Hot Jefferson is the older brother. He he never went to college. He had to work as a trucker to make money to support the family. So uh, he was jealous that uh, U.S. was able to go to college. So when U.S. came out of college, uh, Jefferson tried to kill him. Yikes. <laughs> oh boy. This is good That's stuff. US1. I, drama. I I might read more US1. I don't know. I might. I might have to. I don't know. I got to say I've always <laughs> wanted to read this and it's everything I hoped it would be. It's very entertaining. I love Midnight. I can't say enough good things about Midnight. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> I don't know, Mike. What I, I this may sound ridiculous, but I'm giving this 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10? <laughs> On the crazy <laughs> scale, though, right? Yes, yes, yes. On the on the on the insane, insane, terrible, awesome right. scale, eight out of 10. Yeah, I mean, okay, fine. On the readability <laughs> sc- like scale, I'll give it a seven because it's definitely entertaining, and I'd probably read more like for fun, for sure. <laughs> so. Yeah, everyone needs to experience US one. I agree. Uh, it's, it's pretty great. So there it is, US one. All right, Mike Gale. Next week, your pick. Here we go. We're gonna do try a little... to beat that. I'll yeah. try. We're gonna we're gonna follow the theme of toy tie-ins, Mike Dell. Okay? Micronauts? Nope, nope. We're gonna read something. I don't know if you I don't know if you remember this one. But we're gonna read number one of the Inhumanoids. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> crickets, crickets. The Inhumanoids was a toy tie-in and a cartoon was produced by Sunbow, which also did G.I. Joe and Transformers. So it's all the same voices, all the same sound effects, the same animation, everything. It's it's part of the Sunbow universe that consisted of G.I. Joe, Transformers, Inhumanoids, and Gem. Okay, I've heard of all those other ones. Um, you... <laughs> I never heard of Inhumanoids. Yeah, this was, this was kind of the black sheep because it only lasted one year. But... And the toys were a failure, but the actual cartoon was really good. And this comic book is an adaptation of the cartoon, so. And we're doing issue one. Yep, I just sent you the link. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Featuring the beast-busting Earthquake. Yeah, they're kind of like the Ghostbusters, you know? You'll see what <laughs> I look, mean. They look terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> All right, yeah, this, this might be able to beat US-1. We'll see, know. we'll see. Cross your fingers. There you go, folks. Uh, you can find every episode of Flea Market Fantasy on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, under Comic Book Syndicate. You can also follow us on the Syndicate website, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Each week we pick a different Bronze Age book. One week I pick, one week Mike Dell picks. So, until next Tuesday, disperse! Hey! It's me, your Uncle Cooper. Sorry to interrupt your music. I do love music, especially when it's set at a reasonable volume. You know, music is really only as good as your speakers.
The same is true for minivans. A minivan is only as good as the tires it sits on. And the button on the screen there, it agrees with me. If you click on it, it'll bring you to all the Cooper minivan tires that'll make your minivan a really good minivan. Go with the Coopers! Cooper! How about we heat things up tonight? Mm, how so? Get a little fresh, add some steam, sizzle and spice. <laughs> Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback.